Today on the podcast, we talk about things you learn as a church planting intern. I learned how to how to straighten up an entry table uh, uh, like <laughs> nobody else, um, as he religiously did that each week. What it's like church planting in Louisiana. Kelly looked at me and he said, Hunter, there's a mama alligator on the loose and you don't need to be standing near the swamp. But seriously. It seems like ministry here is just a, a long obedience in the same direction. And what it's like holding worship in a space that is not your own. There is Nazi propaganda all over our worship space. Welcome back to the Five Points Church Planning Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are taking a new turn as a podcast. We have a new co-host. It's the Bobby Bichet of Church Planning and the PCA. It's Josh Kynes, who is in Lafayette, Louisiana. He has been there for several years planting. Josh and I go way back. He was an intern at the first church that I planted in the Jackson, Mississippi area. And then he became an assistant pastor at Madison Heights Church, PCA, uh, and this is a very true statement, not sure what I would have done without him. He was a saving grace and a huge help, and as John St. Martin has transitioned away from the show on a, on a full-time basis, I just began to think about who could replace John, and Josh was the first person that popped into my mind, and so we are glad to have John, uh, excuse me, Josh joining Reed and I today, and he will be with us going forward. Josh, welcome. Thanks for having me, Hunter. Glad to be a part now. Real quick, before we jump in, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Auxilio Partners, managing the business of your church, so you can focus on the ministry. Find out how at auxilio.partners slash five points. And also by Addison Hall Website Design and Development. Addison is an elder in a Presbyterian church and has done website development for churches and church plants, among many other businesses. And we know firsthand that he does great work. So you can check him out at AddisonHallDesign.com and let him know five points sent you. So Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself, early days, about your family, called ministry, and first few years out of seminary? Yeah, uh, well, I was uh, born in Birmingham, Alabama, raised in Mobile and um, kind of raised in, 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 a, in a Christian home on my mom's side. My uh, mom and got dad were divorced when I was young, but raised in kind of a, in a, in a Christian home. But uh, because of the kind of dysfunction of, of broken home situations, rebelled uh, pretty heavily in my kind of pre-adolescent, adolescent years. And uh, faced a lot of kind of strife and strain in those in those years, and so uh, late high school, uh, through a series of just kind of tragic kind of family circumstances, um, was led to the Lord uh, by my uncle, and uh, began um, really beginning to consider what was my future held. I didn't really have much uh, ambition for the future at that time in my life, and so began thinking about what it is the Lord would 
called me to do. And I uh, felt really at an early stage in my Christian walk, the Lord was calling me to, to share the good news that it had so radically changed my life. And so I uh, finished high school, went to a private college, the only one that would actually accept me with the uh, amazingly low GPA that I had. And um, <laughs> so went to William Carey uh, College, now William Carey University in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and um, spent my four years there, met my wife, Emily, uh, there. Uh, was introduced to the PCA uh, in uh, Hattiesburg and um, still struggled with baptism like all Baptists trying to make the transition. And so uh, when we finished college, I, I, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, worked with the church plant. That was my first introduction to a church planting ministry in Nashville, Tennessee at West End Community Church and uh, enjoyed a couple of years there before starting seminary and, and actually still couldn't couldn't figure out baptism. So I went to Southern Seminary for a year in Louisville, Kentucky, spent a year there and actually figured out baptism at a Baptist seminary, which never really makes sense. But um, so yeah, I started but if, asking. Yeah, but if people know you, that makes complete sense. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Um, the uh, I kept going around campus trying to find somebody to talk to about this problem. And uh, there was a professor on campus, Dr. Puckett, who I knew had been a Presbyterian converted Baptist. I went to talk to him and he refused to talk to me because he said he keeps changing his mind. <laughs> and so, but he did tell me there was a guy that they had locked away in the archives department who was supposed to be a professor um, but ended up not being able to sign the abstract of principles at Southern and was looking for a seminary position elsewhere. Uh, his name was Sean Lucas. And mm, yeah. uh, so uh, I went down and found this guy named Sean Lucas, uh, who, who now has written our, our books on what it means to be Presbyterian and for a continuing church. And uh, he, he helped kind of help me navigate, you know, some of what I'd come to understand. And so so, so we, you're saying you're his inspiration. Is that? I'm totally, I'm yeah, totally. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, he actually, it's actually me writing under pseudonym, but um, <laughs> I don't like to say that publicly. Um, I'm kidding, Sean, if you ever listen to this. Um, so uh, he doesn't have time for fools like us. I, I guarantee you. <laughs> no doubt. I, that that I'm, I'm confident of. Um, anyway, transferred to RTS and finished my seminary there um, in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. And while, it, while in Jackson, um, was introduced to Hunter through mutual connections, through our kind of Alabama connections. Uh, and um, my wife started working at the church first. And then she said, Josh, this is just like that church we worked at in Nashville. You need to come check it out. And uh, and so I did, and I, I made it one Sunday, uh, when Hunter called me to ask me for lunch and, and gave, offered me a position, <laughs> the church said, help me now. And, uh, so look at my time at Madison Heights were some of the most rewarding for me. I learned the, the fine art of church planting from, uh, from Hunter. I learned how to, how to straighten up an entry table, uh, uh <laughs> like nobody else, um, as he religiously did that each week, um, and uh, really enjoyed uh, those early days of, of church planning. Uh, since then, we've had, uh, we have six kids. Uh, my oldest now is 16. Uh, my youngest is six, um, which when I started at Madison Heights, as Hunter shakes his head, uh, when I started at Madison Heights, my, uh, my oldest was, I think, three, uh, yeah, uh, right. two or three at the time. So, um, so we, when we left Madison Heights, uh, we really felt the call to the mission field. We served overseas for some time in South America, first Bogota, Colombia, and then Southern Peru and Arequipa um, before returning home uh, to, to re-engage church planning stateside when we took the call to, to Lafayette, Louisiana. We did that because Hunter was uh, over the Mid-South Church Planning Network at the time, and um, because of our relationship and the opportunities, really felt like that was a 
an open door, which I'm sure we'll talk about some more, but the open door the Lord was calling us to. Yeah, so I'll never forget leading the Mid-South Network, and we visited Lafayette, and another PCA pastor who has some uh, family that's Cajun and we visited the university and we were near, and if you've never been to the university, it has a, a swamp in the middle and it's, it's, it's a really beautiful setting. And I'm standing near the fence, looking at the swamp, looking at the university, thinking who is the Lord, you know, who is the Lord going to call to come to this place? Because I think we often think that church planning is the same no matter where you go, but cultures are, are very different all across this country. And I was trying to understand Cajun culture and this man begins to yell at me and I cannot understand a single word he is saying. And I've, you know, lived in the South most of my life. And this, the, the friend, the pastor friend who was with me, Kelly Dotson, he looked at me and he said, Hunter, move now. Do you not understand what he's saying? And I turned to Kate Kelly and said, buddy, I have no idea what he just said. And Kelly looked at me and he said, Hunter, there's a mama alligator on the loose and you don't need to be standing near the swamp. And we both took off. And I thought, what a wonderful introduction to this part of Louisiana. Yeah, that's, a, that's about as good a summer as you can get. We are actually, <laughs> I went, we're actually in the process of trying to uh, start an RUF campus ministry here at the, at the campus there right now. And we just toured it a couple of weeks ago and I was recounting that story because now they've fenced it in and they have a big walk away to get to the edge of that little deal to, to see all that and to look out on the swamp. It's a nice little setting now that they've kind of spruced up a good bit. And I was telling them about your adventures there. So Josh, what led you to this beautiful land of swamps and alligators from Alabama and from Mississippi? How did you wind up down there? Yeah, that's an interesting story because when we were coming back from, uh, you know, mission work overseas, uh, really the, the, the field was wide open. We, we looked at a number of places, uh, you know, we were considering some, some church plant situations in, in Cleveland and Boston and uh, uh, North Arkansas and Mobile, Alabama, my, my hometown, and just a host of places. But uh, I was looking, kind of casting the net wide, just kind of thinking through, I've got a little bit more of an adventurous spirit. But uh, I mentioned Lafayette because it was on the radar of the Mid-South Church Planning Network. And she just, the first day she zeroed in on it and she, she my wife, and started researching it and before we ever left uh south america she she looked at me she said josh we're i think we're going to end up in lafayette and uh i'm you know we've been married 20 years now and i still don't listen to her when she says that uh even though she's always right but um i, I kept plodding forward in my own way so we looked at a few positions looked into it but um ultimately the the pull for us was as we started looking at cajun culture it was a strong emphasis on on family um, we're a large family with six kids. And so, uh, we, we aren't, this is the first place we've lived with where, which we're not quite the anomaly. Um, and so there was the emphasis on family and those kind of dynamics, things that we valued were here, the kind of backyard, uh, festival, um, gathering, um, culture that, that was here. We were getting a sense of is a lot of how we think about ministry and engagement, um, the fact that we were coming off, you know, we were coming out of Atiquipa, Peru, which is uh, sometimes called the Little Rome of South America, um, heavily kind of Catholic culture um, into uh, Lafayette, which de depending on what statistic you read is anywhere between 70 and 80 percent um, uh, Catholic um, 
kind of population here. We, we felt like there was some real similarity. We, we also had a stipulation. We, we knew we were Southern and from the South, wanted to go to the South, but we also began to realize, but we want to go where there's need. And most folks don't understand, you know, don't know that, you know, though the Bible Belt is kind of considered everything of the South, you know, uh, kind of in the Southeastern portion, but um, there's a portion in Louisiana that is just outside of that kind of Bible Belt um, category and uh, the need for churches in this area. We are the only um, uh, Presbyterian church uh, within an you know, hour and a half uh, in, in, this, in this region. And um, we were one of just a couple of reformed churches in the region, in the area here. And so having a, a reformed covenantal um, uh, church planting voice uh, in this area was exciting to us, you know, coming off the mission field and having a real heart for mission. Uh, it made sense for us to be able to come here and to, uh, to plant the church here in Lafayette. Josh, it, I think a lot of people know what Cajun is, but they don't know what it means. Uh, I had a conversation with my daughter the other day trying to explain to her what, where this culture originated from. And so I think um, it would be helpful if you would just mention briefly, you know, where does cult, Cajun culture come from? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a strongly, you know, it's a heavy French influence. Um, I, look, to answer that question is a little tricky because where I, the part of Louisiana that I'm from is a region known as Acadiana. And Acadiana is a, a, a bit, it, it's, you know, what we would call probably, you know, what folks here would call distinctly Cajun, maybe. Um, uh, Acadiana is a region, uh, it's known as, it's called Acadiana because it was a, a group of French um, uh individuals from Canada that were from Acadia in, in, uh, in Canada that were kind of cast out or pushed out of their region. They kind of follow the coastline of the U.S. all the way down to, to New Orleans, set up shop down there. Um, but the kind of French bourgeoisie that was already established there didn't want them uh, in their uh in their midst kind of um, had a lot of prejudice and kind of, you know, pushed them on up. So they traveled up the Mississippi and, and landed in, in this region or area that is Acadiana. And there was already um, a settlement of, of a multitude of different kind of cultures and peoples and Germans and, and Creole and all this kind of hodgepodge and combinations of cultures here when they settled. Um, and in, in, in some ways, you, you know, it's probably not a, a, a good way of communicating it, but in so many ways, it, it kind of, it's kind of a mutt culture, um, a combination of so many blending of culture with a heavy, stronger, heavier influence of, of French um, kind of language and cultural dynamic, but with a, a real hodgepodge of others kind of sprinkled in. And, and because of their kind of outcast nature, they, it's, they're just kind of a, they, they locked in, they, they, it's a kind of a, a, a insular, insular um, kind of um, cultural dynamic here that uh, <laughs> learned to just live on the land. And so when you hear about the foods that they eat and the crazy stuff that you, types of thing that they eat, it was a lot of just survival. Uh, during that time of, uh, of trying to make it. and um, But let's be careful not to call it crazy. Let's call it delicious. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Look, man. It I, is. So I'm, I'm currently uh, on, a, on, a, on a diet having to come back <laughs> because um, they just know how to, how to cook everything and, and really, really well. You know, most people think gumbo and crawfish, and those are obviously big things here, uh, but boudin and, oh. and and uh, is another big food here, but then they, they really 
food is an art form here. And so when, when you sit down at a table and eat a meal, it's this, it's like the culture. It's this mm-hmm. kind of fusion mm-hmm. of all kinds of different flavors and types that just set you, <laughs> set you aflame. And so it's a, um, it's a beautiful culture. It's a, it's a very blue collar, down to earth, laid back, loving, hospitable culture uh, as a whole that loves food, loves uh, festivals, loves gathering together, um, uh, loves Zydeco music and, and music in general. Um, and uh, uh, just a, just a rich, uh, rich, rich right. culture. Yeah. You know, from a church planning perspective, when I was with the Mid-South Network, most people would say, well, it's Louisiana, it's in the Bible Belt, it's in the South. So just, you know, plant a church like you would anywhere else in the South. And I had an interesting conversation with someone from New Orleans and, you know, so much that I don't know about Louisiana at the time. And, you know, people don't understand how big a difference there is between Lafayette and, say, New Orleans. And that you have to factor those things in when you are a church planner and you're considering planting somewhere. Um, I m- mentioned the other day to someone that, you know, planting a church in a suburb of Jackson, Mississippi, you would think that coming to Carterville, Tennessee, that it's the same place in essence, but they're very, very different. And it's just a reminder of knowing where you are going. Josh, when I came to visit you one time, there was a sign that was in front of a Roman Catholic church that said, we love the Pope. It was, I think the sign was 40 feet by 60 feet. It was massive. Um, I've never really lived in a culture that is heavily Roman Catholic. Can you describe what that's like as as a church planner? Yeah, right. Currently my favorite joke, they're they're not real thrilled with the current uh, Pope. And so now my favorite joke that I do get some, some chuckles out of uh, from the folks here is, you know, when you make an obvious statement, the the statement's always, well, is the Pope Catholic, right? Um, uh, And and now my, my joke is when they want to need to make an obvious statement is, is the Pope usually Catholic? Um, And they, they usually get a a laugh out of them. Um, But uh, yes, it's a, you know, to, to, to take for granted that most of the people that you're interacting with are Catholic and that that Catholicism is um, in this region, like most of the times you would think cultural Catholicism, um, meaning, you know, they, they identify Catholic, but they don't practice at all. And, you know, a lot of places I've lived, that's been the case, you know, there's a, you know, there's a large Catholic population, but it's just people who say they're Catholic, but they don't actually participate in anything. Well, here you, you take for granted that the large percentage of the people that you're interacting with are Catholic. And, and then that large percentage of those people, probably half of them are, are, are devout and practicing in, in some level or another. And um, that there's going to be a lot of theological um, uh, similarity and familiarity with language and, and dynamics there. And, and so distinctions that would, would separate you is something that takes quite a while to get to. And, and frankly, it's hard to get to that because, um, we'd really just want to hang out and chill and, and get along. And, and so it, in this culture, because of the laid back nature of Cajun culture mixed with the Catholicism, any kind of conversations to that end take, um, a lot of years and a lot of relationship and a lot of time, uh, and that's been very different. Um, in South America, it was a hard contrast between Catholicism and Protestantism. And so there was a, it's almost like you need to declare on the front end <laughs> who you are and what, what you're about. Um, here, 
they're not really, they're not even that worried about you as a Protestant. They're not concerned about you. Uh, they're help, happy to have the conversation and just kind of allow the fact that, you know, we got more, we're more alike than we're, than we are apart. So let's just get along, uh, pass me a beer. And so, uh, um, it, it's, uh, it, it's a long, you know, I love Eugene Peterson's book, Along Obedience in the Same Direction. I, it's become the motto of ministry in Lafayette too. Uh, it seems like ministry here is just a, a long obedience in the same direction. So Josh, your first plant was in Jackson or in the suburbs of Jackson, Mississippi, a place that uh, had a lot of other similar churches to the one that you were planting. So now you've parachuted into this place where you are in many, in many ways uh, unlike a lot of the other churches and establishments that are around you. So how has that experience been different from your first plant? But also, what are some similarities that you've seen between planting in different places like that? Oh, yes. A great question. I mean, uh, uh, this, the easiest answer to that is uh, it's, it's exactly the opposite of everything I ever done in, in church planning and on, on every front and every way and on every level. <laughs> I, uh, and I've joked with a core group uh, of folks that I was able to gather after some time. Uh, I knew one couple um, when we moved here, we were introduced to in the in the kind of interviewing process, uh, but they lived an hour away uh, in Lake Arthur, but um, they were excited about the work being done in Lafayette. They're from the Lafayette area, went to, to UL um, or USL at the time. Um, and so they wanted to be a part of what we were doing, and um, but they were an hour away. So that was kind of my starting point. I've joked to them again and again that everything I came, every ambition, every kind of thought process I had was just kind of scrapped along the way. And, and, and just so I've had to be far more fluid here. Um, I've had to, to change. Uh, I've had to pivot again and again and again. I don't know if you know that famous Friends episode when they're trying to move the couch up the stairs. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm off to say with my wife, when something changes, I just yell pivot real loud. <laughs> and, uh, so that we can, uh, move to the, to the next thing, but it's been a lot of, a lot of change. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, similarities to things that were done there. Um, you know, one of the things I, I learned from Hunter along the way, when we were doing some things to, to do, to do what you do with excellence and try to, to demonstrate a, um, a, a real desire to love and care for folks by doing what you do with excellence, setting things up well, and, you know, kind of letting them know that you're working hard to create a space for them to gather and to, to be served as you call them to serve and that you're here to labor for them as you ask them to labor with you. And uh, those are big lessons for me then. And, and, you know, when I got here, I actually thought that was pointless and meaningless. Um, because it's such a laid back culture. They didn't care like a solo cups as good as anything. Um, you know, uh, they, they didn't really care about the pomp and circumstance, if you will, of how we were trying to work hard at those things, but I just stuck with it. Um, you know, trying to just do those things. And over time I've had them come back again and again saying, you taught us what it meant to do these things with excellence and that the people don't, they don't think they care about it over time. It's something that does kind of hold them for just a minute so that they can get to know you it gives them a sense like you go too overboard with it you got to know your culture you go too overboard and it's too much pomp and circumstance but when you underdo it you just feel like you're just somebody that's there and it 
but kind of maintaining some of those things early on were really important for us. I, I can genuinely tell you that was the only thing that, that felt uh, like uh, uh, actually communicated from one place to the other because everything else has been, uh, look, we, for instance, like starting off a non-conventional space for a period of time um, is a change of pace kind of dynamic um, for church plants are good because it's, it's telling them we're not like those other people and there's something new and different going on here and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we never really, we were never really taken serious until we, we buckled down and bought a traditional building. Um, and we did it prematurely uh, from what we really could afford um, because I, I was recognizing very soon that this is such a traditional, deeply rooted culture that some traditional space was going to bring some comfort to some people mm -hmm. uh, to make them visit. And we did, we've seen the church continue to grow uh, just in that range. So that's just a, a simple example of some of those uh, kind of dynamics. Well, Josh, we'll probably talk to you more in the future about scratch planning, parachute planning, because that's a topic of interest that a lot of our listeners have. And we're so glad that you're going to be joining the Five Points Church Planning Podcast as a regular co-host and looking forward to um, sharing some of the stories that we both have in common from planting in in Jackson. And uh, But one of, them, one of the ones that I wanted to share, and there are so many, was um, one morning, uh, Josh was in charge of setup and takedown at the church plant. And I usually got there pretty early, but Josh called exceptionally early one Sunday morning. And if I remember correctly, the phone conversation went exactly in this manner. It was, Hunter, there is Nazi propaganda all over our worship space. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's a... Uh, well, I don't know what I was thinking. It was some kind of radical group that had a radical agenda, and somehow they got into the Catholic school where we met. <laughs> and I said, Josh, what does it look like? And he said, Hunter, you're going to be preaching behind a 60-foot-long, 30-foot-wide Nazi flag. And I'm just thinking, what in the world is going on? What's happening? And, you know, can we close the curtains? No, the curtains can't be closed. You're still going to see the, the Nazi imagery. And Josh begins to laugh. And, and, and finally, I'm clued in on the fact that we meet in the art center and they're doing their rendition of, uh, oh gosh, I just drew a blank on the play. Um, sound of music. The Sound of Music, right. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I had a really good laugh. That's a funny one. Good one, Josh. And then Josh very seriously said, Hunter, we cannot close the curtain. I'm telling you, there's going to be a Nazi flag behind you when you preach. And I'm thinking, do we have to cancel the service? How are we going to get around this? What are we going to do? And then eventually, right before the service, somebody figured out how to get the curtains closed so that we didn't um, have to be excommunicated from our denomination for the most part. So that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Again, Josh, we're so glad that you're joining us. Look forward to hearing what you have to say and can't wait for the new direction of the Five Points Church Planning Podcast. Thanks for having me, Hunter. I'm excited about it as well and, and looking forward to the future. That's the last word for now. As always, you can reach us with comments or questions on Twitter and Facebook at Five Points Planting or at our email, reformplanting at gmail.com. See y'all next time.
Five Points Church Planting is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters.